after further review as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. <laughs> he is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. Fula. WSUT's after further review. As I mentioned earlier, we got Darren Cohn, the coach, here on 88.3 WXUT's after further review. What's up, Darren? Hey, guys. How you doing, my man? Uh, well, uh, basketball season just started for me, actually. We were in a meeting, a team meeting, as girls basketball always starts a week before the boys. So we kind of had our official workouts on Friday, and then today it was all coaches' meetings, and then we'll resume the tryouts or team practices for uh, Sunday on Sunday. But this COVID-19 is really putting a crimp in, the, in, in our style. Well, of course, for me, being on staff up at Bedford High School in Michigan, we don't. We start conditioning, I believe, the uh, first part of November, and then we'll have tryouts like the third week. Hey, we've been ha- we've just been having open gyms going on, but we're just happy to be able to get in the gym and get some work in. Getting better though. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's got to be great to hear the sneakers squeaking a little bit. In a while. Yeah, you know, we've had the open gym, so we've been hearing, we've been having actual individual workouts and everything like that. So that's been pretty cool. But once again, you know, with this COVID thing, uh, the fall, the fall sports uh, season is kind of wrapping up, and I'm actually pretty happy for them to actually um, get their season all started. But now with the cases rising in Ohio, some people are getting a little fearful that either the season will get pushed back a little bit or maybe hopefully not drastically get canceled but like i said we'll you live day by day with this COVID 19 uh, uh new normal sure absolutely the unknown everybody is the unknown because it's so new for everyone yeah that's right so darren uh welcome back to the show as usual always giving us that great content uh your thoughts on the nba bubble yeah i mean it, i i think it was a huge success i mean uh the fact that just able to get the season in and, and be able to have, you know, basically a perfect score or record in terms of uh, no, no players and, and, uh, and coaching staff testing positive. I mean, obviously it cost a ton, a ton of money, and there was a ton of um, uh, sacrifice and effort that put into it. I mean, um, you know, we, we see and talk about the players or the coaches, but just the, the hundreds and hundreds of staff and, TV people and production and um, that, that were literally um, away from their families for months at a time. I think it ended up being like 100, 110 days or 112 days or something total for the people that were there from start to finish. So uh, really a, 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 an interesting feat um, and, and probably will serve as some great case studies for, for some people working on their master's or doctoral thesis um, on the planning and uh, overall event management. Thankfully for the NBA, the, the uh, Orlando 
and Disney Wide World of Sports was available and, and willing to cooperate uh, to pull something off like that. But, you know, I thought it was super and it was a great um, uh, great opportunity to get the, the games back on the floor and to be able to at least provide some sort of um, uh, uh, offering or content to the fans. And, and then at the end of the day, you know, they didn't know if it was going to be a success or not, but in the, at the end of the day, the NBA ended up, you know, uh, being profitable or successful with the experiment as well. Yeah, and I, and I mentioned, I think we talked earlier, I, with, the, with the example of the TBT, even though that was a small sample I was kind of not worried that the NBA would have any problems. And once again, kudos to the NBA. No positive tests and went off without a hitch. Was it strange watching the NBA Finals in the midst of October when you're really thinking? You had to reverse your mind because usually in October, it's beginning the start of the season, not the end of the season. And you're thinking of baseball playoffs and college football and sweaters and pumpkin spice, not the NBA Finals, which you think of in hot June. Yeah, I guess I, I guess the, uh, the the timeline didn't affect me too much, at least from a viewership standpoint. I was more, uh, you know, I was a little turned off by this by the setting and the you know the neutral floors and the and the and the fake fans and all that. And I think they did a terrific job with the with the video boards and that kind of thing. But um, it just wasn't the same, and it didn't have uh, the same feel to it. Um, but you know. Considering the circumstances, it was probably the best they could do, and and I and I think you know the setting even may have had uh, some impact on the results, um, and and you know how some of the teams performed as well. Now, taking, does it take away credibility of the champions? Some people are saying because of the bubble, you know, this 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 is not real. Uh, it basically, it takes away from the championship. If you know they didn't have to actually go to. Uh, actual go to someone's home court uh but what, what were your thoughts some people thought the numbers were somewhat inflated because of that you, you know you get in a setting and you know as playing basketball once you kind of get used to the setting setting going to your same gym over and over and over again you do play a little bit better yeah i don't think it takes away uh, from the championship at all because um simply because all the teams were faced with the exact same variables so it was an equal equal playing field um uh, however, I do think you know it, it, it helped the shooting percentages and offensive efficiency and things of that nature, and, and um, you know they ended up coming up a little short. But I think uh, it was very beneficial to uh, the Miami Heat. Um, you know the Miami Heat uh, were, you know, if, if say they would have won, I mean they're really the only team, uh, other than maybe the Dallas Mavericks with Dirk Nowitzki, who um, would have won a championship with really just one star or one All NBA type player. And I think it was a tremendous example, especially at the NBA level, of, uh, of, of getting everything you could get out of your role players. And I think um, one of the most intense things that I've ever experienced um, in my 20-plus years of coaching at the college and NBA uh, level um, is the atmospheres of NBA playoff settings. And the fact, like, a guy like Tyler Hero, who became a huge impact in the finals or the playoffs altogether, as a rookie, you know, playing in a pretty much empty gymnasium on a neutral floor in Orlando, Florida, is quite different than playing on a hostile uh, visiting visiting arena for half the games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think that, for, especially for a guy like Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo, you know, the the pressure and the and the circumstance of the bubble 
I think really benefited them um, and the younger guys on that team or the non-experienced, um, you know, playoff veterans. And on also, you know, uh, Miami did a lot of really cool defensive schemes and the zone, they, the one they two two defenses. Yeah, they played multiple zones, and to be able to do that in a short amount of time and have the communication and and that type of thing, uh, the same type of scenario, being able to communicate. And from the coaching staff and the players on the floor in a relatively quiet arena, uh, in a fixed setting, as opposed to an NBA arena during the playoffs, is a huge, huge difference. I mean, I've sat courtside for so many NBA playoff games where you can't hear yourself talk to the person sitting next to you, let alone, um, you know, you know, communicate and effectively pull off some of the schemes that were helping them be successful in the playoffs. So I think, if anyone, it really benefited the Miami Heat and, and their great run. Um, but uh, so, you know, I think they were able to overachieve to an extent um, with the circumstance, but I don't think it diminishes uh, the result, especially for the Los Angeles Lakers, because every team was kind of dealt the same deck of cards. But certainly, uh, certainly not the normal and a little different than, than, um, than what we've seen, you know, for the history of the NBA playoffs. That, that is true. I thought Miami played very well. I thought they were going to get at least two games. I didn't think they were going to beat the Lakers, but at least they got two games, especially that game five where uh, they ended up beating the Lakers, even though they were wearing their black Mamba jerseys, think they were going to clinch. But I think they put it out all on the floor there on game five, and then game six, you could tell none of those guys had any gas left. They, they, they pretty much left it all on the floor, and then game six was just so lopsided. Sure, yeah, absolutely, like, uh, unfortunately, um, you, you know, I think especially Jimmy McBuckets, he kind of uh, he, he kind of ran out of gas, and you know it probably benefited a lot of guys having, especially some of the older players having that time off before the restart. Um, but it's still a quick turnaround when you're playing, um, you know, in an actual uh, seven-game series, and I just don't think that their bodies recovered well enough, um, and overall didn't have the depth and firepower that Los Angeles had comparison to what Miami was working with right. but tremendous 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 run and tremendous season um considering everything I, you know I, I I enjoyed I really enjoyed that playoff series and actually a lot of NBA fans enjoyed the playoffs in the bubble they thought that was some of the most exciting basketball yeah the I ones mean, I know, talked to it, well it was just different you know it was different and when you go so long without any any option for sports um and especially if you're a basketball person um, you know, it was sort of like uh, you'd be happy with anything at, at that point. But um, but yeah, you know, I think, again, the product was was um, as well received as probably as it could have been. I know like TV ratings and things like that were way down. But um, but I thought, um, you know, I thought they just did a tremendous job in the WNBA as well. And I, I actually uh, was really, really keyed in on the WNBA this year mm-hmm. because I'm really Really good friends with Dan Hughes, uh, who spent a lot of time here in Toledo. Mm-hmm. He's an Ohio guy who's the Seattle uh, head coach, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then the Connecticut Connecticut had a nice little run. Uh, the Connecticut Suns head coach um, I worked with at Bowling Green, Kurt mm-hmm. Miller. Uh, so he has a lot of Northwest Ohio ties as well. So long time, long time coach at BG. Yeah. won a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So we we'll give him a round. We we'll give him a round of applause. Yeah, tons of success, tons of, and a great guy. And, you know, so texting with them throughout the, the, the playoffs and talking back and forth and stuff had me really keyed into to their bubble as well. And, 
Um, again, same same type of deal. Really, really well, uh, really well received, and um, and in a huge draw. So I'm happy for both the WNBA and NBA products this year. By the way, also Natasha Howard, a product of Toledo, won another championship. I believe her third with also the never aging Sue Bird, who's now 40. Sure, sure. The pride of the pride of White High School, right? The East Side. Mm-hmm. Or as Sue Bird put on her, uh, I believe, Instagram, she's 39 plus one. So <laughs> 39 and holding. Yeah. Just like how some people do it when they're 29. So the Lakers ended up winning. Legacy for LeBron. He's been to 10 NBA finals almost in a row. Pretty much dominated a decade. Uh, but he only has four chips. And the comparisons, I think it's going to be 1A, 1B when it's all said and done. Jordan, LeBron, because let's let's face it. Who, what player do you know besides Bill Russell in NBA history went to an NBA Finals an entire decade? Obviously, last season, the Lakers didn't make it in 2019, but an entire from 2010 to 2020, he made every NBA Finals except one. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, what doesn't get talked about probably enough is just the fact uh, that his longevity you know, just to be able to play that long right. without injury, without burnout, without anything to just end your career or throw it off track. Uh, but just to be able to play that long. I mean, statistically, um, he'll end up with basically every statistical record. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and sure, you can talk about the greatness, but part of that is just being able to show up and just being able to do it for that long. I mean, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and, 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 and LeBron, I mean, um, kind of are top of the list in terms of how long they've been able to do it and and it's not like he's close to retiring or ready to shut it down yet i mean there has i mean there's been changes in his game but it's not like uh people are saying um you know you're past your prime and that kind of thing i mean he just keeps on going so um it's just amazing to see uh the longevity of his streak and um and how he's been able to prolong his career with with the the, you know just from a health standpoint and a physicality standpoint I feel sorry for the next superstar because that person will never top Jordan. Or he'll, that next superstar that's going to be on that LeBron or Jordan level will have two comparisons now. If you, if you don't win seven in a row, then you're a failure. But if you can't even get your team there so many times in a row, then you're a failure. I mean, and, and, and trying to get every statistical you know uh, 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 achievement too. I mean, man, I, I feel sorry for whoever comes up after LeBron. But I think right now, uh, no one's really appreciating the stuff he's doing because it's in real time. So I, I think he, he'll get more appreciated as when he retires and he's away from the game for a, a couple years. Yeah, exactly. The the legend will grow when you can no longer access it in you know in present day anymore. So I completely agree with you. All right. So now for you though, his legacy is he the greatest of all time, or are you like me, one A and one B? Jordan and LeBron won a championship with three different teams. That's pretty impressive for uh, NBA Finals MVPs. Yeah, so I think uh, it, it's almost like the same argument of, of the MVP, most valuable player versus most outstanding player. And uh, I got to give them some credit because I've heard this. I've heard this argument obviously for years. I personally think uh, Michael Jordan was the best player uh, that I've ever witnessed, and the best and the best player. Uh, in terms of transforming the NBA and transforming the game. And if there was 10 seconds left in a game, I'd want to have the ball in Michael Jordan's hands. But uh, the, the, the musician and rapper and, and, um, and actor, uh, T.I., 
Uh, he said he probably said it the most accurately that I've heard anyone say in this argument. He said, you know, I think Michael Jordan is the is the greatest of all time. He said, but I've never seen a player play basketball and do as many things exceptionally well as LeBron James. Like LeBron James does everything, every aspect of the game exceptionally well. Uh, so he was basically saying he thinks LeBron James is maybe the most outstanding player of all time, where Michael Jordan is the most valuable or the greatest player of all time. And, you know, that doesn't really answer the question, but I just thought that, uh, you know, from just what you would assume to be a casual fan in T.I., uh, I thought he put it very well. I've never seen a basketball player ever do as many things exceptionally well as LeBron James. And, and, I, and I completely agree with those sentiments. Yeah, I totally agree as well. Uh, but it's it's going to be interesting. Can he do it again next year, though? Well, I mean, heck, if, if they got everyone back, I don't know why they couldn't. You know, it'd be interesting to see uh, what happens with Rajon Rondo um, because starting the playoffs, the Lakers did not look very good, and it was mostly because they don't have they didn't have any guard play. I mean, they didn't True. have guards, and at the end of the day, guards win championships. But when Rondo came back, I mean, that's when it was clear that. Um, nobody was going to beat the Lakers no. in a series. Um, so, uh, it, you know, and, and, and Rondo, Chris Paul, guys like that, because there's such a shortage of, of great, true point guards are going to be hot on the free agent market and teams are going to go after them like Milwaukee Bucks and L.A. Clippers and things of that nature. But, um, you know, if, if they all stay or if they're able to replace the point guard play, I mean, you still got two of the top five players in the NBA on the same team. So... I mean, they're always going to have the advantage, but, uh, you know, just got to make sure that they have some guard play as they did uh, in, the, in the latter half or second half of the playoffs this year. Yeah, Malcolm Brogdon leaving uh, Milwaukee really hurt them because he's a, actually a really good uh, point guard as well. You need Well, a point guard with high IQ, you, you know, you just know people think that Russell Westbrook is a point guard, but he I just think he just handles the ball a lot and shoots a lot. Uh, you need a point guard that can really distribute play D but still be the maestro and pull the strings even though someone else might be scoring all the points and as you mentioned before you, that's with Rondo and Chris Paul and then at times Chris Paul and them can get, get you some buckets same thing with Rondo you know he was pretty I thought he was pretty impressive he was actually knocking down the long range shot consistently as you know in his career he's been known not to be a, be a shooter yeah I mean there's, there's surprisingly a lot of players in the NBA who are one-dimensional or two-dimensional and with the spacing uh, in the NBA you've got to have someone who can make plays for others and put people in a position to be successful and that's what you know the guy, like the guy like Rajon Rondo does I mean he uh, he can score everyone in the NBA can score uh, but he doesn't have to score but what he's most valuable is he sets up the other people uh, on his team to be successful in, in whatever their skill set is, whether it's the catch and shoot guys or it's a post player or whatnot. I mean, he's kind of, I, I always say, the straw that stirs the drink. And that's exactly what they were missing early on and what he brought to the table there uh, down the stretch. Yes, that is so very true. Now, moving on, uh, we, you know, you, you do do player development. And, you know, this was pretty interesting. And the game is evolving and it's, tra- and it's changing. And I'm seeing stuff now on social media platforms that's saying that, you know, the stuff that that your granddaddy taught you, your dad taught you in basketball need to be kind of thrown out the window and now get get down with this new school stuff. 
Uh, I, I guess I'll give you some examples. You know, there's things like take one dribble to get to the rim. Now some people are saying, you know, you need two to three dribbles to get to the rim. Um, same foot, same hand layups. You know, back in the day it was opposite hand, opposite foot to get to the to the basket. And if you shot off your same foot, same hand, you were known as a baller. It was like, oh, that player's trash. But now it, it, it's widely accepted. And now a lot of player development skills trainers are saying you need to teach kids to do both. Uh, your thoughts? Well, a lot of player development and skill trainers are exactly that because they're not qualified to have the real position or the real jobs. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think uh, I, I think a lot of that is, is, is nonsense. I mean, okay. um, uh, at least you're keeping it you real. Know, it, 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 no, I agree with you. It very rarely uh, comes into play because the majority of the players we're talking about aren't skilled or talented enough. To make those plays anyway mm-hmm. so and and and, and in, a, in the game it very rarely comes up i mean there's maybe one or two plays a game where something like that applies at the non-professional level um so i think it's just a lot of time wasted i mean i i, I see these trainers working on the euro step and the step backs and the side steps and the 45 dribble moves and and there's there's been so many studies done especially from the professional and division one level that like 88% of players in a game don't, uh, you know, don't dribble the ball more than one time in a mm-hmm. possession when they catch the ball in a possession right. and that type of thing. And, and you, know, you, you, you see all these crazy videos online and then you go to a high school basketball game and, and you watch warmups and in the warmup line, 50% of the players miss their layups <laughs> and, and you look at the stat sheet and, and 80% of the players are shooting less than 70% from the free throw line. And, and, and you know, you just see game after game lost from missed layups, mm-hmm. missed free throws. And turnovers. Not being, and not being able to get the ball across half court with very mediocre defensive pressure. Um, so, you know, the, the basic fundamentals are never going to leave, uh, leave the game in terms of being the most valuable. Um, so I think oftentimes... Um, I, I heard someone say this once is there's too many players trying to learn the tricks of the trade instead of learning the trade itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you sort of skip over uh, your ABCs to do all this fancy stuff that more than anything makes you look cool or makes you feel cool that you're seeing it online or, um, it, you know, so I don't buy into a lot of that. I, I, at the end of the day, you know, we need way more Clay Thompson's in the world than we need. <laughs> Then we need, uh, you know, the Russell Westbrooks or whatnot, and and maybe that's not fair to Russell Westbrook, but um, you know, there, there's there, there's only been one Allen Iverson, one one guy under six feet that they're gonna let shoot all the balls and dribble around in circles. You know, he's only probably gonna come around once or twice in a lifetime. But I think we got, uh, you know, a generation of youths who are who are, you know, projecting or trying to. Uh, follow that pattern more so than the pattern of a Clay Thompson or something like that. So if that makes sense. Well, yeah, because they, they do say that, you know, when you get in the game, you only have the ball 10% of the time of, of your minutes, you t- of your touches. So if you play 40 minutes a game, you only have the ball for four minutes, that entire 40 minutes of the game. I mean, that's it. So you, you have to be able to be quick and make a move and to get the bucket. But, but, you know, a lot of these trainers now, that's what they teach. Do you think it's kind of disturbing, though, that, a lot of the trainers are trying to they get only cred if they're teaching so quote unquote pro moves but they don't realize that the, the pro game of basketball 
is totally different than the college and high school game. And, and obviously that's the reason why the, only the 1% get there. But yet you're seeing guys taking training methods. Like, for instance, I saw a video where they were saying, well, you, you can't do the one, you know, coaches now are, are wrong because they say take one dribble to get to the basket. Well, you show an NBA highlight. Well, the player starting on at the NBA three-point line. I mean, you, you need two to three dribbles to get from the NBA three-point line to the basket. Usually in high school and college, you're starting pretty much at the top of the key at the 19-9. You don't need two or three dribbles to get to the basket because if you take too many dribbles, you run into the defense and you lose your options. I mean, I, do you, do you, does that kind of you see that at all or that kind of concerns you? Well, I mean, you know, the, w- one of the biggest things that, that you're kind of touching on is the court is just so much bigger. Yeah. There's an extra 10 feet of spacing there in that example that you use. But, uh, you know, uh, a basketball traditionalist that I that I talked to on a on a weekly basis, you know, he made a point a couple weeks ago. He said, you know, for the last decade, the biggest nemesis to high school coaches has been the AAU coach because of the lack of defense and the lack of fundamentals and and, 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 and kind of you lose the, the, the desire to win because the games aren't important because True. If, you lo- if you lose, you play again in an hour and a half. Um, but he said, you know, that there's a shift that the AAU coach is no longer the enemy of the high school coach. Now it's the personal trainer that's never coached or played. <laughs> and he makes a good point because, you know, every you, kids don't want to get in the gym and go work out on their own anymore. They only want to go work out if, they, if, if their mom and dad pays for a training lesson. And, 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 and really, you, when you talk about the pro moves and things of that nature, all that is is fancy marketing. That's, that's, that's mm. parents being fooled to pull money out of their pocket. Uh, to pay for little Johnny and Jill uh, to go to go work out in the gym. So you know, like anything else, uh, like buying a car or or, 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 or or buying a washing machine, you know, you got to educate yourself on the products and, and what's out there and what's available. And as a parent, and or even as an athlete, but most of the time nowadays it's the parent making those decisions. You know, if you just sign up and and, and pull money out of your pocket for anyone to work with your kid, that's the you know that's the risk of the result that that uh, that that you're going to take but unfortunately it's not going away because there's no barriers of entry to say you're a coach or a trainer or a skill development or uh you know or a plyometric oh, guy or, or only only in FIBA only if you got to be yeah, certified right. in FIBA here no but in FIBA it's a I heard it's a rigorous if you want to be claimed a trainer or a coach you got to go through the FIBA certifications exactly and that, which is you know and we've talked about this on other shows that's why so many uh, uh, foreign-born players are more skilled than the than the, than the Native American players. That, that, that is very true, and and I tell this, and, and I guess this is a tip, and then I've learned this because I've been in coaching. I think if you want to be a good player development coach, go coach on a team because when you break down the film, you know what that player needs to be successful in the game. Whereas you get some of these other guys, and no, and if this, this is what they want to do, and they're trying to you know spread the passion of the game and what they have you know I don't try to hate on them or anything like that but I think a lot of times a lot of kids now are getting in the gym and working on the wrong stuff and then they're getting frustrated because they're not seeing game-like results and it's like well you know hey kiddo look for one you need to work on your footwork and your pivoting which you know if you're going to a trainer and they're not working on that eh, you, you might need to find a new trainer I mean you can do all these cool drills but what's the purpose of the drill is the purpose of this drill to get it to be so that it's translates to the game or is it just because it was something cool that you saw on instagram yeah no could couldn't agree more and oftentimes uh you know it's common to see these drills be so complicated and so (laughs) intricate and so many steps that the player isn't 
skilled or talented enough to do it at any type of uh, reasonable game speed anyway, where they're not really improving. They're, you can almost become your own worst enemy uh, by, by wasting time in the gym as opposed to uh, effective uh, time improving. Oh, yeah, and I, I've learned that, too. And in, in my days at Glass City, uh, you start to realize when you when you do get players that are not very good, you start to realize how important the basics are. Like, I used to train kids that couldn't dribble between their legs, and I used to think to my well, like, this is pretty easy. But to see kids that couldn't really do it, it was just like, wow. It, start to, it makes you say, like, the, the basic fundamentals is where it's at. Absolutely. Always will be. Yeah, well, Darren, once again, thanks for uh, calling in. Always dropping that uh, tidbit. What you got on for the weekend besides Buckeyes football on right now as we record? Yeah, just kind of exciting to see a little Big Ten action. You know, football's been on uh, for a few weeks, but being being uh, here in the heart of the Big Ten and not having that going on, and even the MAC, uh, it's great to see. I mean, early on in this game, Ohio State just took a 14-7 to lead over Nebraska after Nebraska drew first blood. Uh, scored on, on their opening drive. So it's just neat to see uh, the excitement of, uh, of, of the local region uh, back on the gridiron. So other than that, I'm ho- hoping to get out to a haunted house. I'm a big ha- Halloween fan and, you know, a lot of Halloween parties and functions and, and haunted houses and things aren't, aren't happening uh, this year with COVID. But I'm hoping uh, sometime here in the next week to get out to at least one haunted house. That's on the agenda. We only got one more week left and Halloween is over. I mean, it's this yeah, Saturday. I, I, I wanted to go uh, 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 last week, and then the day I was going to go, it rained. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I was going to go to an outdoor uh, function, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to go stand out in the cold and rain. Uh, so it's, it's, not, it's not worth all that. Not worth getting the, the real flu uh, to go to a haunted house. So. But ho- <laughs> hopefully here sometime this week. Do you ever go trick-or-treating as a grown man? Maybe this year, maybe you can dress up and see, you know, you can get some candy. <laughs> you, think I, you think I can pull off being like a 12-year-old? <laughs> Possibly nowadays, you know, just put a mask on, get a creative mask and see what they say. Or, you know, just get, get one of your little cousins if you have one and just you just get smash out on the candy. Well, text me your address, man. I'm going to come ring your doorbell and you better not give me any uh, candy corn or Tootsie Rolls. I well, want some good. What's wrong with candy corn? It's candy oh, corn's man. good. It's like both of them are like chewing on a candlestick. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is true. It is very waxy. By the way, the, my apartment doesn't allow trick-or-treating or pets. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> they're 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 pretty strict. One last thing though, I know you, you're involved with with the NBA. What's the, look like the outlook for next season? They're saying a 72 game season and maybe starting around Christmas and ending a little bit before August. Yeah, they changed they changed it uh, initially. Uh, the first email I saw is that we were going to start uh, mid January, but now they're trying to move it back. Uh, and start it in December um, to try to get enough games in where it doesn't affect the Olympics. So they can still right. use pros for the upcoming Olympics. So likely that'll be the case. I do think it's going to start in December no matter what. I think the biggest question that's still um, maybe fl- maybe could change or fluctuate is the actual amount of games in the regular season. So uh, time time will tell, but they're, they're working hard to have a plan and, you know, uh, just like uh, just like our seasons and the weather seems to be shifting, it looks like at least for the next year or so, our sports seasons and schedules are going to be shifting. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And not to mention, I know LeBron wants as many games as possible so he can crush that all-time scoring uh, record, by the way. Uh, you know, less games means less opportunities to get more points to, to that scoring record because he probably will topple Jabbar. 
Yeah, well, that, and, and hopefully that means he, him and others aren't, aren't taking advantage of load management anymore. <laughs> nah, that's what other people have said, too. Yeah, I, I've totally forgot about that. But, yeah, you're right. Uh, the other question also is, will it be in a bubble or they'll do little home sites with limited fans? Yeah, I, I, I think it. I think I think we'll be done with the bubble, but time will tell. It all just depends on how this COVID thing goes. Um, I think um, I think we're going to see a, a, a huge di- uh, directional shift in the in the COVID um, deal after the election. Depending on which candidate wins, I think <laughs> either way, either way, whoever wins, I think um, there'll be some drastic changes going forward uh, with how how COVID's handled. Um, um, after the election, I think, unfortunately, yes, it's a health concern, but I also feel that uh, right now there's a little bit of uh, political political gamemanship by both parties right now. Um, so I could be wrong. I'm not very political myself, but we shall see uh, in a few weeks how that transpires as well. And economical, man. Yes, yeah. exactly. So next time we talk to you, we'll probably hopefully be in the season and we'll talk a little high school basketball because that's your forte and you're the master at that. That would be lovely, man. Appreciate the invite as always, and, and, and you guys be good and enjoy the rest of your show. By the way, though, have you? Do you know John Vandeveke? John Vandeveke, yeah, a good friend talk, of mine. I talk, yeah, I actually talked to him yesterday on the phone. I've known him since I was about sixteen years old, and uh, and and I actually uh, listened to you guys' segment on on, uh, on the post you put on Facebook. I listened to that segment oh. uh, uh, last week. Okay. So, yeah, we, yeah, I told him. I said, I said, man, you're big time if, if you're getting on their show. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why the second because he, he called us surprisingly and he said something like that. And I was like, that was an interesting comment that he made. But he's, he's, he talked to the coach, John. <laughs> he talked to the coach, Darren Cohn. <laughs> all right, John. Well, or uh, sorry, all right, Darren. Uh, enjoy your weekend, right. and uh, we'll talk to you in a couple months. Thanks so much. Bye right. now. That was Darren Cohn, the coach, with the quick segment here on 88.3 WXUT's After Further Review. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Coming up next, uh, we got the MHSAA Week 6 regular season finale recap and playoff preview. Yep. That's all you got to say is yep. Yeah, I got that coming up. Well, there are some games that are going on today. I know that... uh... Monroe St. Mary's Catholic Central has a game going on right now against Detroit Southeastern okay. up up that way. So I couldn't they apparently weren't live streaming, it's only available on the radio. So mm. hopefully I can get a score update on that one. And there's a couple there's a few other games that are going on that will have potential impact on seating for the local teams. Okay, nice. Always can check us out on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Make sure you give us a like or a review if you like the show. Give us the five likes and then we can keep spreading. If it's only one star or one like, you know, don't do that. Just keep that in your pocket. You know, we don't need the haters. Anyway, me and Frank will be back after this with uh, Michigan High School Football Recap. Then we have David the Man of God Harris hopefully calling in a little bit later, right? Yep. Yeah, it's winners the, and losers. Yeah, because yeah, Frank right now is actually watching a football game, so everything is yep. <laughs> I'm trying to multitask, people. Yeah. Trying to pay attention to the game, trying to do the show, and oh, and now I got to get all my high school scores pulled up as well. You should have so. been done that. I actually, ha- I have them up, and <laughs> I just got to get the right tab. Oh, right. okay, yeah, that, that football game is just getting to you. We'll be back after this on 88.3 WHUTs after further review.